Inside the Pages, sponsored by Cornerstone, located at 524 East Pasadena Street in the city of Pomona, California. Sunday praise and worship begins at 9 a.m., Wednesday Bible study, 7 p.m., and on Saturdays, you can find us on kkla.com or 99.5 FM on your radio dial that Saturday at 11.30 p.m. We believe the Bible is the Word of God. Therefore, we are faithful. We're bold. We believe the best way to face opposition is by obedience to the Word of God. At this time, we're going to go before Him in a word of prayer. And whatever your needs are, whatever it is, I want to give you this bit. When you go to God, don't go to Him with unforgiveness in your heart. No, that'll hinder your prayer. When you go to the Lord, even though there's a need, you don't always have to tell Him there's a need. Let's just honor Him as being sovereign God because in His sovereignty, He sees the need. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Ah, hey, glory. Bless your name, Jesus. It may not seem like it, but this man is telling you it is so. I know it for myself. I felt those ways and felt some kind of way before. And I've learned I can trust him. Not because of what others have said, but because of what I have experienced. I heard them, what they said. But now I've experienced it for myself, and I want you to experience it too. Bless you, Lord God. Thank you, Jesus. As we go before him, let's entreat him with thanksgiving. Let's entreat him as being God for who he is. Let's honor him with the fruit of our lips. Let's reach down into our innermost being, our soul. And give God a righteous praise. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. He's worthy of that. He's worthy of that. And so as you make your way to your place, your altar, wherever you are, if you're taking a break to listen to this broadcast from work, if you're preparing for another service, you're going to light your fire right now before you get to God's house. You're going to go lit. Bless you, Jesus. If you're here in this presence, you know, the altar is open. Mighty God, mighty God, the altar is for the saints of God. It's not for, it's for the saints of God. It's for everyone. It's for everyone. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. He's worthy. He's worthy. He's worthy. Bless your Lord God. He's so worthy. He is so worthy. And so as we go before him and praise and honoring unto him, 
Thank you, Jesus. Just know that he's already heard you. He heard you before you cried out to him. You ought, you ought to be praying right now. You ought to be seeking him right now. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. The Bible says that the, the spirit of the Lord cries out to Abba. Listen, if you're tearing for the Holy Ghost, if, you're, if you already have the Holy Ghost, bless you, Lord God, then there's something to be received. Mighty God, thank you, Jesus. We're not going through a form or fashion, but let God have his way. Let God have his way. If you haven't felt a touch from God in weeks, days, months, hours, whatever, that is an alarming factor. This is the day that the Lord has made. You ought to be well into praying and seeking him right now. Bless you, Lord Jesus. Bless you, Jesus. Bless you, Lord. Bless you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus.
Lord God, that we would prosper and be in health even as our soul prosper. Lord God, we pray for the prosperity of our soul within you in Jesus' name. Oh, Lord God, we honor you, Lord God. We honor you, Lord, for who you are. We honor you, Lord God. Lord, we gathered in this place, Lord, to lift your name up. Lord God, to hear what you have to say. Lord Jesus, we thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord God, for blessing us to stand in your presence. We thank you, Lord God, for blessing us. Lord God, to lift up your name, to walk with an awareness of who you are in Jesus' name. Remember every place where they gather together, Lord. Lord Jesus, where they're lifting up holy hands, where they're seeking you, Lord God. Lord, we'll continue to give you praise. We'll continue to give you glory in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. At this time, we'll have our opening scripture. Hallelujah. Bless your Lord Jesus. Bless your Lord God. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the path of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. He prepares the table, thou prepares the table before me in the presence of my enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil, my cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. And the Bible says. And they continued daily with one accord in the temple, breaking bread from house to house, did eat their meat with gladness and singleness of heart, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to the church daily, such as should be saved. May the Lord add a blessing to the reading and the hearers of the word. Amen. Certainly we thank God for his goodness. And I want you to continue, everyone, calling on the name of the Lord. Continue walking with an expectation. Don't be satisfied where you are. Don't be satisfied where you are. Let me say it again. Don't be satisfied where you are. There's a thing about being satisfied is that it has a tendency to breed complacency. And so you don't want to be complacent. Don't be satisfied. The Bible said we go from glory to glory. And so there should be an expectation of reaching for higher heights and new depths in God. And I'm a firm believer that if that bleeds over into our natural lives as well, that just like we strive in God, we strive in our natural to achieve uh, what God has placed right before us. There's some things that are right in our presence that we don't have to pray about, but we can just go and obtain it. That's what Paul said, why hope for that which your eyes see? 
And too many are walking around hoping for something that is obtainable without prayer. Yes, yes, Pastor Carl Henderson said that. Yes, because the word of God says, why hope for that which your eyes see? When you see an apple on a tree, and, and you know, you might have to ask your neighbor to, to, to forgive you for climbing over his fence and, and pulling that, that big apple. No, the, there was not an apple in the garden that, that they ate that caused them to sin. The Bible doesn't say that. That is mythology of men. The Bible just said fruit. Okay, it could have been any fruit that you, many fruits that you're not even aware of. And, and so you climb over your neighbor fence and you pull that apple and you enjoy it. And maybe you see them later and you tell them that you snatched the apple off the tree. You didn't pray before you climbed that tree. I mean, you might have prayed before you went to climbing that fence, not to fall. But <laughs> you might have been hoping that didn't happen. But you didn't pray about it. You went and got it. You don't pray when you go to the store to buy something unless there is a serious need that, that you have a shortage, which we all have shortages sometimes. You know, a, a wise man told me as, as a young man, uh, as a very young man, I remember him telling me this, and I'm still young, but, but I remember this, him telling me this as a younger man, that everyone breadbasket gets low sometimes. And I appreciated him telling me that because it was, it brought about some clarity. Because sometimes you think everybody got it going on. You know, sometimes people walk into their house and you're like, well, they got a nice house, but there's no food there. And they might walk into a, a nice home and, and there could be loneliness that greets them. They could walk into a nice home and there could be uh, stress and abuse. You don't know what a person might be dealing with. And, and so, brother, if, if, loosen it up. <laughs> You know, here in, in Southern Cal, you know, it is, just go ahead, take that top button off, you know. Uh, it is warm. It's supposed to be uh, reaching up to 113, and and, and uh, our pro Tim Deacon, is, he's sitting there with a shirt and tie. I'm like, man, loose it up. You know, and for those that are in, so listen, get, here we, don't, we can be comfortable. Just don't be comfortable uh, where we don't praise God. You know, where we uh, get too comfortable. That's what we don't want to do. You know, again, I want to thank you for joining the online service. I'm, I'm excited about Jesus this morning. I'm excited about the Lord and what he is doing. Oh, my God. You know, there's some my mind is just like Pah! because of what God is doing. And so, you know, I, I just never imagined some things in, in my life what God would be doing. You know, you look at what other people may be doing and what they might be accomplishing and you might, you know, and we applaud them and we, we honor them and, you know, we put them on a, on, on a little pedestal because of the accomplishments of, of what they've done and what they're doing. And, and, you know, you just never think that God would use you that way. And it's for a number of reasons. Some are because of maybe the way we were raised or, you know, maybe we felt that we had limitations and we just couldn't arrive there, you know, in our in our in our own imagination. We just never thought that we would uh, arrive at some place. And so, uh, you know, um, but then God, God, God changes that around for those that are willing to step out 
for those that are willing to um, to to move and to yield themselves. And it seems impossible. And sometimes you even hit it seemed like you even hit a snag. And it just seemed like it's just not going to come to volition to what you're trying to do. You know, but then you begin to, to press on and, you know, maybe you have multiple conversations about the same thing and how do we get this done and, you know, and, and how are we going to make this work and you just kind of keep kicking it around. And, you know, I've heard messages and maybe you've heard messages too that say, you know, God will turn it around and he'll turn it around until he get it the way he wants it to be, you know, because he's working with us. He's working, he's working with us to get something done and the day of man. Now, stay with me in, in Genesis because uh, because we're because the sixth day, let me just just put it out there. The sixth day represents the day of man. And so God is working with us right now. And, you know, in our inconsistencies and in our and in, in our uh, will, you know, in the way we function and different things because of the because we've been tainted. You know, I heard the writer say that. I've, I've been uh, I was born in sin and shaping in iniquity. So uh, so there are some things that 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 God works with showing us the better way and helping us uh, understand. Now, he doesn't take our will and make us. You know, we, we play those little games, you know, and we watch it and wrestling and stuff, you know, when someone twists their arm and they tap out and, you know, and, and because they made to do it. God doesn't do that to us. Matter of fact, his goodness is what has led us to repentance, his goodness. Not, oh, my God, bless your Lord Jesus. Whether some came out the fire by love and others came out by fear, it was still the goodness of God who was showing us what was on the other side. Bless your Lord Jesus. So that we could make a well-informed decision. So again, thank you for joining our Ah, oh, hey, glory. Bless your name, Jesus. For for joining us in our online service. You know, if you're looking for a church home, growing and uh, ministry, you need growth and ministry. I want to invite you to join us, grow with us, and be blessed with us. Mighty God. You know, we're gonna go right into the word of God, the the, the hour. We're we're halfway into the hour, and you know, and I had something else on schedule. Uh, you know, some sometime when we have our right after our morning service, we'll go into a Sunday school lesson. And, and so uh, we're we, we're trying to get keep that on track as well. You know, so there's a part of the service that you really uh, don't receive on the uh, online service because you don't want to bore your patients. You know, and I know that we're like sponges, you know, a sponge can only absorb so much. You put the sponge in. And a glass of water, or a sink of water, it doesn't always absorb all of that. It only absorbs a portion of it. And so we want to make sure that you get a good portion, you know. And so the rest, you know, you'll have to come and join in with us uh, in our presence as well as us being in your presence. I want to direct your attention to Matthew's the 11th chapter, the 28th verse this morning. Matthew's the 11th chapter, 28, and then. Uh, if you will, First Peter 5, 1 through 7, First Peter 5, 1 through 7. Uh, and, you know, and so I, I'm going to go ahead and start reading. Oh, bless your name, Jesus. Mighty God, mighty God, mighty God. Thank you, Jesus. Matthews 11 and 28 says, come unto me, 
all ye that are that labor, your labor, and I will give you rest. Come unto me, all ye that labor. Come, come unto me, all of you that labor, and I will give you rest. First Peter five, one through seven says the, the elders which are among you I exhort, who am also an elder. We know Peter was an apostle. We can call him even a bishop. I know that he was one of the brethren. Because the Lord told him, when you have been strengthened, strengthen the brethren. The elders which are among you, I exhort, who am also an elder and a witness of the sufferings of Christ. I saw what he went through. And also a partaker of the glory that shall be revealed. Not only am I seasoned, a little seasoned. I got a little sprinkle on me. I'm, I'm a little seasoned. Not a lot, but a little. Some of you are seasoned as well. And a witness of his suffering. But I'm also a partaker of the glory that shall be revealed. There's something that is going to be revealed. And I'm looking forward to that. You're looking forward to it. Oh, my God. There's some that have lived and have gone on that was looking forward to it. And they are still looking forward. Though they may not be standing in our presence, maybe it was mom, dad, grandparent, a mentor, someone that you knew that you were associated, they died with hope and they are still hopeful even in their rest. They know that there's a glory to be revealed, that the day is going to come, that while they may not hear my voice, they may not hear your voice, but the Bible says that at the Trump of God. The dead in Christ shall rise first. So they will hear a sound. And they're looking and listening for that sound to occur whenever it happens. He goes on to say, feed the flock of God. That's what we are responsible for doing as ministers. To feed the flock of God, elders, pastors, bishops, evangelists, we're to feed the flock of God. Not ourselves. We don't fleece the people of God. I feel like just, oh, thank you, Jesus. We don't take advantage of God's people, but we feed them. We nurture them. We're under shepherds, not the shepherd. Christ is the shepherd. He's the good shepherd. 
But we're under shepherds. Feed the flock of God, which is among you. Whether you have one or 100, whether it's two or 200, three or 300, whether it's two or three gathered, I'm in the midst. Feed the flock of God. It's important to understand the one. Uh, God said that heaven, the Bible says that heaven rejoices over one sinner that repents. David got in trouble for messing with the one. God almost took David out, had mercy on him for messing with the one. He said, taking the oversight thereof, not by constraint, but willingly, not for filthy lucre, not for money. We don't do this for fame. I certainly don't. I certainly won't. Bless you, Jesus. I value my soul. And I believe that you value your soul as well. And so we don't carry on with such shenanigans. Many of the pastors and that I know, they still work with their hands. They still labor, doing things that will help benefit and bring about livelihood for themselves as well as in the church so that they can give offerings. Oh, it's a sad thing when the pastor don't give an offering. It's a sad thing when they don't tithe. Now, I had a conversation with someone regarding Tithing yesterday said, well, tithing is not in the New Testament. They said tithing was under the law. Tithing was not under the law. No, tithing was was before the law. We should honor God. Let me let me just you stick with me. Stick with me. I'm not here to argue. We can agree to disagree. We can all study and, 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 and search the scriptures. But I believe Cain and Abel brought of the firstling. Bless you, Lord Jesus. Mighty God. Let's go on. Let's go on. Neither being lords over pastors. You should still be tithing. And, and offerings. This pastor does. Because he's because we bring for so that God would have something to work with. You got to give God something to work with. Besides just lip service. Besides, uh, oh, my God. OK, OK, I'm really going to move on. Neither as being lords over God's heritage. We do not. Uh, we're not masters over God's people. Remember, this is willing, willing. But being examples to the flock of God. My heart's desire is that my sons, my daughters, my grandchildren that 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 keep me going. Um, that they, at the end of the day, they will know that there was a man who was an example before them of what other godly men should be. Because when the chief shepherd shall appear, I want a crown of glory that fades not away. You know, I, I'm, I'm, I have a few nice watches that my children gave to me and others gave me gifts. Nothing expensive, no, 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 no bravado. 
no roll, no, no uh, Rolex or nothing like that. Nothing that you would want to steal. I'll give it to you if you want it. You know, and I pay for what I have and as you do, too. And so but there is a crown of glory that faded out of the way that you cannot buy. With money. You can't buy, you know, when you retire, they, they're not going to give you that a crown of glory as a reward because you re, you retire from that secular occupation. Bless you, Lord. Mighty God. Likewise, ye younger, submit yourselves unto the elders, young folks. We do have something to say. I, 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 now, I'm not there yet, but I, I do. Uh, I, I told my. My grandson yesterday after the football game, you know, went to the varsity game. He's a sophomore, but he's, uh, you know, they're training him in the varsity. So he's on the varsity uh, return team, you know, getting that experience and exposure to getting hit by bigger guys, <laughs> you know. And so as we um, were coming in, I was telling him that um and as I dropped him off, that that I, I'll meet him at the court. Now I know it's going to be a hundred degrees, so I told him we we're going to have to go in the morning or early or late in the afternoon to play. Uh, but uh, he's younger, and he he's talking about how you know he's developing, and you know, and he's challenging, and you know, and and just being all comical that that well, if I if I if I poke you here, you're going to jiggle there, you know, and you know, but yet at the same time, younger. Submit yourselves. Submit yourselves, even though you play and, you know, and you can't submit yourselves to the elders. Yea, all of you be subject one to another. Oh, my God. Everybody. We can all be subject one to another. We can all listen to what one another have to say. Not taking that, well, my opinion, you know, because of who I am, you know, that I don't need to listen to what the mother is saying. I don't need to listen to what that brother, his ideal because of who I know. We should all submit one to another and be clothed in humility. The best garment you can put on is humility. Thank you, Jesus. For God resists the proud and he gives grace to the humble. He said, humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time. Don't look to be exhausted. Just look to be humble. Humble. Just be humble. But that's it. Humble. Be humble. But don't look for nothing out of it, because looking for something says that you're not being humble. You're doing it for with an agenda. You're pretending. But this is where I wanted to get to this seventh verse here. He said, casting all your cares upon him, for he careth for you. I want to take a thought here that God said, bring it to me. Bring it to me. I was looking and thinking about the message that's going on where, you know, the, the, the word of God came and said, let us, you know, the word of God came and said, come. 
You know, the, the invitation come. And now here it is. The word of God has said, bring it, bring it to me, bring it to God. The writer says, cast all your cares upon him for he careth for you. The word cast has different meanings, as you may already know, to, to have a light, a shadow on something. It's an act performed, the shaping of a thing to throw something forcefully. You know, the baseball, they throw in the ball at 90 miles an hour. And, you know, and someone is standing there swinging uh, some wood that's been properly carved out to, to, to hit and get on base and to score some runs. But they are pitching, they are casting an object, this leathery object full of twine with string on the inside and sewn together. I believe we can encompass all of these and find some release if we would do the same thing, cast. We can find the reassurance that we need. We can find some relaxation instead of being up late at night. Uh, remove some anxiety and distress. The pain felt from whatever is causing it. Taking medicine doesn't always relieve pain. Sometimes we need it's mental and the mental impacts the, uh, impacts the physical. To bring means to, uh, to take or go with someone or something to a place. It is to call someone or something to be somewhere. We're here this morning at 524 East Pasadena Street in the city of Pomona. We brought something here. We brought our cares unto the Lord. And we found out that when we arrived that we didn't that we didn't have to tell him about uh, the whole situation. And just the mere fact that his eyes go to and fro in through the whole earth, he already knows. Uh, he discerner of the intent, uh, the thoughts of the heart, you know, and his word is like a two-edged sword which goes uh, in and out and, you know, even to the marlin. So it, since he has that type of dimension and he knows everything about our trichotomy, the trichotomy of man, then, then it's not really anything I could tell him except to just lay out in front of him and to yield myself unto him. Uh, you know, uh, we might think about the pain that we have, but the doctor has an x-ray machine. Well, God has something better than an x-ray machine. He has his own eyes. Thank you, Jesus. Uh, he has his own hearing uh, that, that can hear the sound. As a matter of fact, he can interpret the moans because words does not always uh, do the job. They don't always express what we are trying to say. He even gave us tear glances because he understands how to read the tears and what they're saying. You know, the, here now, I don't know about other places, but, you know, uh, I was talking with a friend and, and I was telling him that, uh, you know, that 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 uh, I wish it would rain. I wish it would rain uh, because they said a man is not supposed to cry. But if it's raining outside and I go outside in the rain, no one would know that I'm crying. Bless you, Lord. 
except God. Because God understands the tears. Maybe it's late at night. No one else is woke. Or, you know, and, 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 and the tears are flowing. Because words do not express it, but God understands. And so we ought to bring it to him. The Bible tells us, come unto me. All of you. I'm not talking to just one individual. One individual may respond, but I'm talking to all of you. Now, I need you to understand something, because as I was uh, driving in, I was thinking God uh, began to, to let me know that, that this is a particular season. Uh, these, are, these are not just words and just not a, a series of messages that have come. But this mean represents a season or place that we're in that we need to respond to what God is saying. And so just as I mentioned earlier, what God has said, let us uh, that that is an active mode. And God said, come, uh, that is something to take action with. And here we are. And he is saying, bring it to me. We are in a season. There is a season. And in a season, God is saying, I'm open. I have opened something up. And, and so you need to take advantage of what is being said. Come unto me, all ye, all of you that labor, all of you that are fighting with something. Come. And I will uh, not maybe I'm not possibly, you know, a little bit. No, no, no. None of that. He said, I will. And not if you do something special. But he said, I will. Now, I, I do take issue and it's just me. This is just me. Understand something. Sometime when I turn on ministries, and I don't do that often. Matter of fact, I won't be doing it for a while because of what I hear. It's a numbers game. I'm a, I think that's the best way I could put it. It's a numbers game. And God said, freely you receive. Oh, bless your name, Jesus. You should be here right now. Freely you receive. Thank you, Jesus. Freely you receive. Oh, my God. Bless your Lord, Jesus. Bless your Lord. Bless your name, Savior. Hallelujah. Where you just give him a wave offering wherever you are. If you can say hallelujah. If you're not at work, you ought to say hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Mighty God, bless your name, Savior. Give God some praise. It doesn't cost you anything to give God praise. He said, freely have you received. So why is there and freely give? I do not see a numbers game planted in between the freely receive and the freely give. Mighty God, bless your Lord Jesus. The amen is already inside of me. Thank you, Jesus. I don't see that. I don't see it. Now, I do understand that there is a necessity to help when ministers. I, I travel, I go and I have speaking engagements and different things. And, and you know, and, and so but I never go with an intent that or, or never when I'm contacted, I never say I will not come unless my honorarium is this amount. I've never done that. Never. Because he said freely. I've given to you. Oh, mighty God, bless your name, Jesus. Freely, I've given this to you. 
Uh, I didn't get it when I was smoking weed. Uh, no, don't do that to me because some of y'all smoked it too. I, I didn't get it when I was when when I was drinking when I was when I was tilting or anything like that. And, you know, I, I didn't get it. Uh, I wasn't born with it. Not that I'm aware of. It was something that came over time after I had repented of sin. And if you have repented of sin, what doesn't matter what that sin was. Then how are you charging someone for deliverance? How are you charging someone for a bottle of water? Send us an offering and we will send you some water. I have a bottle of arrowheads here that I picked up from the store. That's not going to cost me $638. That was the number that the man gave yesterday on TV before I turned it off. Because he took some scriptures and talked about the number six and how there was six steps uh, leading up into the sanctuary and the number six where man was created on him. Then he dealt with the number three and then he dealt with the number eight as new beginnings. And he put that together as a number four month to be received. While some soul is out there. Oh, my God. Bless your name, Jesus. We in trouble. I, I just say we, as Daniel said, we have sinned and the Bible did did not say Daniel was sinning, but Daniel said we we in trouble. We we messed up some stuff. Bless your Lord Jesus. Jesus said, Come. And it, it doesn't cost you anything to come unto him. It don't cost you anything. Deliverance is free. You don't read anywhere in the scripture. Now I'm jumping ahead of myself. Where Jesus uh, charged them for deliverance. Jesus said, come. If you are overwhelmed with a situation this morning, come. I don't, I don't know any other way to put it except come. If you feel overwhelmed, you need to take that. To Jesus. People are in the hospital dealing with anxieties, dealing with depression. It will take a toll on you. You need a relief. You need an outlet. Jesus said, come. He didn't say go to social media. No, that's not what Jesus said. He didn't say go to Netflix. No, not talking about social media, Jesus. Not talking about Netflix, Jesus. Or any of your favorite celebrity, Jesus. Well, Oprah, mm -mm, no, Dr. F no, 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 no. No, we're not talking about them. And we're not talking about anyone else. Or anyone that would say, call upon the gods you serve. Oh, my God. Sovereign God. Thank you, Jesus. Mighty God. The Apostle Peter, a new age leader, went through some things. He had a, he had to overcome some prejudice. You'll find that in Acts. You'll find that in Galatians. Second, the 10th chapter of Acts, the second chapter of Galatians. He went to jail when he started doing things a right way. Uh-huh. 
Uh, he denied Jesus and cussed at some folks, too. So he wasn't always, but he's been through some things, just like you have. Uh, like some of us, Peter had some experiences. And the Lord used him. And those experiences that Peter had, God used it to help others. The experiences that you have, God is going to use it to help someone else. It don't matter how bad the experience was. God is able to take a bad thing and make it good. Oh, bless you, Lord God. You went through that. And God is able to use that for you to share with someone else so that they will know that God is able to bring them out of that bondage. Oh, bless your name, Jesus. Hey, glory. Bless your name, Savior. God is able, whether it was an addiction, you might have been on the curb day and night, you might have been playing rug doctor trying to find another hit, hoping to be satisfied uh, physically by whatever means necessary, which was really a cover up for something that was going on at the core of your existence. Bless you, Jesus. God knows how to take that experience and use it to help someone. You've got to bring that to him. you got to bring it to him. The Bible said that when they were in the garden and they realized where they were, they were ashamed. When they realized that they had messed up, they were ashamed. Now God gets it. He understands that sometimes we might feel ashamed. I certainly have had my days. And I know what it's like to be ashamed. Because all is sin and come short of the glory of God. Now when someone say don't judge me. I, I can see where this fits right here. Don't judge me about where I've been. I can see that fit right there. But when you want to continue in sin that the grace of God may abound. No, we don't judge that because the word of God has already pronounced judgment on it. So I'm just going to repeat what the word of God says. But since we're not continuing in sin and you're coming to God to, to say, here I am, I, I'm, I've been ashamed. And I, I knew and heard that you were holy and that you require us to be holy as you are holy. And I didn't want to come to you because I was ashamed. Oh, my God. Thank you, Jesus. He accepts that. He looks for the low of spirit. And though your sins be as scarlet, he said, I'll make them white as snow. Well, bringing it to him doesn't stop there. You may not be in sin, but there is something that is filling up your cup. And it's not the glory of God. What about the anxiety that? The hustle and bustle, the things that maybe you may be experiencing or, or whatever it is, it could be sickness in your body. It could be mental. It could be spiritual. You've got to bring it to God. You've got to give God time to work with you. We go to physical therapy. We go to the gym. I love the gym. I'm a gym rat. 
And so I go to the gym and, and you know, and work out because it works you out physically and it gives you time to, I call it me time where I'm able to adjust my thinking and, you know, and just spend some time on myself. And so, uh, you know, and so we go through therapy sessions. You know, you, you might walk past an aerobics class. That's a type of therapy. Or you might walk by the swimming pool and someone is doing uh, water ther- therapy. You need to do some spiritual therapy with the Lord. And so you have to be consistent like you are with the physical in order to have some type of result. You have to be you have to be uh, consistent in your uh, bless your Lord Jesus consistent with God. You have to be consistent. This is why Peter could tell the other elders feed the flock of God. Taking the oversight. Be watchful, not by constraint, restriction. Don't do this because you feel restricted to do it, but you're doing it willingly. Oh, my God, not for not for money and fame, but with a readiness of mind, with a willingness of heart. Neither as lords over his heritage, but examples to the flock of God. And when the chief shepherd, there is a reward. That men cannot pay you, but there is something that God has for you that cannot be faded, will not tarnish, won't be eaten up by anything, rust, moth, and no one can take it and will take it away from you because you've already proven yourself. That's what we're doing right now. We're proving ourselves by letting God use us. By presenting our bodies as living sacrifices, holy and acceptable, we are proving ourselves unto and conditioning and being made ready now so that when we stand in the presence of God, mighty God, the mental, spiritual of you will not be changed. Only the body will be changed in a moment in the twinkling of an eye. So there's some things that that while we are here, we need to shed off. So we humble ourselves under the mighty hand of God. Oh, bless your Lord. That seventh verse, casting all our cares upon him, it makes it easier. Knowing that there is someone with hands larger than mine. Someone that that has the ability to carry what I cannot carry when it seemed like the cares, the things of this life is too much. When something has been triggered that causes a chemical imbalance in my body that says I am overwhelmed. I know who to go to. There are, if there's any concerns we need to cast them upon him. Don't act it out. When we act it out, that only identifies that there is something going on on the inside. When we snap, when we should not be snapping, when we react, when we should not be reacting, when we walk around with a sour puss, is only telling us that something is going on on the inside, when we cut someone short, 
it says something is happening. We need to bring that forcefulness. We need to bring it unto God who is able to handle it. He can handle what we cannot handle. He can handle what your friend, what your mom, what your dad, what your best bud, your closest, oh my God, cannot handle because they're trying to handle what they're carrying as well as you. And it's not meant to be that way. It takes multiple people to handle something heavy, not one. But God said, bring it to me. I'm one. I can handle it. The Bible says, Jesus, when he had cried again with a loud voice, yielded up the ghost and behold, the veil in the temple was rent and twined from the top to the bottom and the earth did quake and the rocks rent and the graves were open and many bodies of the saints which slept arose and came out of the grave after his resurrection and went into the holy city and appeared unto many. These are those that had learned to cast their cares upon him. They heard the gospel that was preached. They heard it and they believed it because he went in the grave and he preached to those that were sometimes disobedient. The Bible does not tell us the exact message, but I understand that whatever their concern was, they gave it to God at that moment. And they rose up. They rose up. First Peter 3, 18, beginning at 8, says, For Christ also have once suffered for sins. Whatever your sin is, was has been, is at this moment. Christ has already suffered for it. The just or the unjust. We were all unjust. That he might bring us to God. The whole purpose is to bring us to God. Unscathed. Oh my God. Bless your Lord Jesus. Get Jude, the last verse in Jude. That he would bring us to a certain place. Oh, bless your Lord Jesus. Bless your Lord. He wanted to bring us to a certain place. And that is unto God. No other place. But God's place. God's place. The last two verses, Jude. God is able to keep you from falling and to present you faultless, and present you faultless before, the presence of his glory, before the presence of his glory with exceeding, joy, with exceeding joy, not sorrowful, not full of pain, not full of cares of this life, but with exceeding joy to the only wise God. To the only wise God. Our Savior, be glory, be glory and, majesty, and majesty, and dominion, and dominion, and power, and power, both now, both now, at this present, right now, 
God has the power and we are to cast our cares upon him. Bless your Lord God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. He suffered and went through that he might bring many sons to glory. The Bible said being put to death in the flesh, but quickened by the spirit by which also he went and preached unto the spirits in prison, which were sometime disobedient. When once the long suffering of God, they waited. They waited on God. They waited on God. And they cast their cares upon him. When God said the season is coming, there's a season where right now we are in a season of deliverance. Don't let the enemy play with your mind. Don't let him play with your mind. This is a season of deliverance. Thank you, Jesus. Here in this house, it is a season of deliverance. You know, we have seasons. We have seasons where we're leaving. And here in the, the U.S., we're, we're leaving the season of, of summer and going into the fall. There are certain fruits that will not be presented uh, during the fall time and during the winter months. You know, if you see certain fruits, and I was talking with my daughter, and I said, you know, uh, during the, during the, 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 the the season of winter solace and you know Christmas whatever you want to call it you know we have apples and oranges but apples and oranges are out of season that's fruit that has been shipped in from someplace else I'm not talking about something that's being shipped in from someplace else I'm talking about what is present right now and that's deliverance God said bring it to me Mark 1 the first chapter says beginning with the gospel of Jesus Christ He's a problem solver. He's a problem solver. Bless your Lord. The, the beginning with the gospel of Jesus Christ, the son of God, as it is written in the prophets. Behold, I send my messenger before thy face, which shall prepare the way before thee. The voice of one crying in the wilderness, prepare you the way I am making a way this morning. In your hearts, your spirit saying, let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace. That's what I'm calling you. The bold come boldly to the throne of grace. That you may obtain mercy and find grace to help in the time of need. The throne of grace is where we bring our issues. We don't come to the throne of grace to discuss. I'm not coming to discuss the problem with you, Lord. I've learned not to do that. I, I used to make that mistake. I want to get on my knees. I want to get, I want to sit down in a chair and I want to pray and I want to talk about everything, you know, and try to have an, a, a reasonable discussion uh, because, uh, because I found out that, that the reason we're trying to have such a reasonable discussion is because we're justifying ourselves for whatever reason, you know, and we're trying to force an answer to come when we should just bring it to him with humility. Sometimes you need to just sit. Have you ever just sat down and maybe your mentor, maybe the pastor, maybe your mom or dad, you know, or a close friend of somebody came and sat down next to you 
because you're just sitting. And they were able to see and understand. They were able to feel in that moment that you were dealing with something. Maybe they didn't have a lot of words, but they just sat there. And they acknowledged the fact that they saw you sitting there deep in thought. They saw you sitting there contemplating. They saw you sitting there. Sometime we need to just sit in God's presence and let him read us. Let him read us. Thank you, Jesus. Let God read us. The throne of grace is what we bring the issue to. Not to have a discussion because every man is right in his own eyes. But we come humbly before the Lord. The Bible said two men went up to the temple to pray. Luke 18 chapter. Two, two men went up to the temple to pray. The one a Pharisee, a righteous man. One that's been in church for a little while. Uh-huh. The other a publican. The, the men, the Pharisee stood and prayed within himself. God, I thank thee that I'm not as other men. He's suffering. You know, I preached the sermon. He's comparison night. It's a dreadful disease. He's comparing himself to others. He's forgotten about who he was and where he has been. He wasn't always a Pharisee. The Pharisee stood and prayed thus within himself. God, I thank thee that I'm not as other men. An extortioner. I'm, I'm unjust. I'm not like others, unjust. I'm not like others, adulterers, or even as this publican, the man that was also there. Matter of fact, God, I, I fast twice a week. I give tithes of all that I possess. And the publican stood afar off, would not even lift up his eyes unto heaven. But he smote his chest, saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. I think when we come to God, don't come wearing your clergy collar. <laughs> Take the robe off. Let somebody find you in just a t-shirt and jeans humbly before the Lord. Just being naked before him because you are a sinner saved by grace. All of us are. And we should never forget that. We should never place ourselves on a pedestal above and compare ourselves to any other human, any other person. The Bible said that we're all, the only measure it is here, he gave some apostles, the prophets, evangelists, prophets, teachers, and you know, for the edifying of, of the saints, uh, till we all come into the statue of the measure of the man Christ Jesus. So how am I comparing myself to anyone else? I, I need to be comparing myself to, to Jesus. What would Jesus do? Well, he went to prayer. When he felt stressed, when that body, that flesh, the word became flesh and dwelt among us and would be held his glory as the only begotten son of the father, first John. When it felt the stress, the pressure of something that it had never experienced before, and that was the weight of sin. He prayed, if, it, if this cup, 
if there's any other way, if this cup can pass, but nonetheless, not my will, but thine be done. I'm, I'm, I'm winding down, bless your Lord. There's so much more that I want to say, but I, I don't want to wear your patience. But I do want to say this, that God said, bring it to me. Don't let your response be, I'll figure it out. Don't let your response be, I got this. Don't let your response be, uh, let me do me. No, no, God said, bring it to me. That's pride. All those other statements are pride. The Bible says that man that smote his chest and said, God, be merciful unto me. I'm a sinner. He walked away justified. The other one walked away with his own pride. He might have felt like he achieved and arrived. And, but you know what? I'm just a sinner saved by grace. As the Apostle Paul said, I am what I am by the grace of God. I am what I am by the grace of God. I am what I am by the grace of God. Is there anything too hard for God? No. Have I ever thought something was too hard for him? Um, verbally, no. But within my heart, when something did not happen the way I thought I, it should happen, when I was not where I am today, maturing, I'm going to say yes. I'm just being transparent because others will not be. Yes. If there was any doubt in your heart about what you was asking for, then the answer is yes. You felt it was too hard. You felt it was unachievable. You felt it couldn't be done. I'm telling you today that it can be done. Now, let me help you with something. Don't think God is going to force his will upon another person. Ladies, you, you met that. I, I'm through. I'm, I'm through. But, but ladies, you, you met that. You know, they call it the stray dog mentality. You know, you're going to take it home and you're going you're gonna to train it and it's going to, you know, be obedient, you know, and a part of the family member. I'm going to put it that way because we treated Butch as part of the family. You know, so you're going to train him. Ladies, don't do that. You know, you're going to pray for him. He's going to get saved. Y'all going to get married and live happily ever after. Stop. Stop. You know, no. Gentlemen, don't, don't do that. Don't do that. You can take that stray cat home. And, you know, you feeding it. It's, it's going to keep coming around. You feeding it. You know, and, and, and one day it's, it's going to get saved. You know, and y'all going to live happily ever after. I know we, we live in a world full of fantasies and different things, but no, no, it don't always go that way. I'm just here to tell you it don't always go that way. Let's cast our cares upon him. Let's cast our cares on him. God's not going to force anybody to do nothing and become what you want them to become. Lord, just let your will be done here on earth as it is in heaven. Now, I will tell you this. I found out that 
when God looked at Adam and he said it's out of all the stuff things that he said was good when he saw Adam alone he said it's not good that man should be alone and I believe that's for women too that's a subject for another time but I just want to point that out that God is not going to force your will upon someone else so when you pray it's not about you making a demand that Lord make this happen no there are keys to success written throughout the scripture, whether it's in relationship, whether it's financial, or, you know, it's a number. Hang with us, stay with us, grow with us. My prayer is to see you in this large sanctuary with us. I'm going to stop right there. I hope something has been said that has blessed your soul. I certainly feel blessed. Father, in the name of Jesus, just thank you, Lord, for your kindness and where you have brought us to this moment. Lord God, we honor you and we are humbled by you, your word, the thought of where we should be at. Lord God, if there's anything that we've done or said that was offensive to you, maybe we acted out a certain way throughout this week and we didn't consider our actions, but it offended you. Maybe we offended someone else as, as well in the process of our acting out. Just pray and ask your forgiveness, Lord God, and the opportunity to overcome evil with good, to do things the right way. Lord God, we just thank you, Lord, for your kindness. We thank you for blessing us, Lord God. And Lord Jesus said, Words do not express our gratitude, but, but we're going to try by saying thank you. We're going to try by living a life. No, not just try, Lord, but you've given us the strength, the ability. You've given us the command, the order. So therefore, we are, we've been certified by you that we can live a sanctified life that is acceptable to you. Lord God, we pray and ask that you bless those that have Set so patiently, Lord God, and whether they're at work or maybe they're getting ready for bed right now or on their way to another service, Lord God, we ask that you would bless them as they have been so attentive to hearing your word, Lord God. We just thank you, Savior, and ask that you will continue to bless them, Lord God, in the name of Jesus. Lord God, we'll give you glory. We're going to give you honor, Lord God, for your goodness and your grace. In Jesus' name. My closing remarks is this. Bring it to him. I can't say enough about bringing it. This is a season of deliverance. As God is blessing what the Lord is doing. Be responsive. Don't be unresponsive to what God is saying. I want you to look for something great. We're looking for something great to happen here. Now may the grace of God and the sweet command of the Holy Ghost rest will and abide henceforth now and forever in Jesus' name. You've been listening to me, Pastor Carl Henderson, inside the pages that presented by Cornerstone. There is power in your name.